Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's the Point with Caden Kelly, where I read a nonfiction book and I share it on a podcast to help improve my health, my wealth, my wisdom, and my peace. And then I pass on the wisdom to you so that you can apply these lessons to your life to improve those areas of your life as well. This podcast is a supplementary podcast to my main podcast. And I said podcast way too many times again. I got to figure out <laughs> what else to say right there. For my main podcast, which is called Book Club with Caden Kelly. All of it's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, or you can find it in my blog, cadenkellysblog.wordpress.com. Um, this is 15 minutes long. That one's usually 60 to 90 minutes long. So if you like the conversation here, I recommend you go check that out. And if you like that conversation, just go read the book that we talk about. Today, we're talking about Braving the Wilderness by Brene Brown, the quest for true belonging and the courage to stand alone. Uh, this is the second Brene Brown book that I've read, Brene Brown book. And uh, the first one I read was uh, Dare to Lead, which was awesome. More about vulnerability and leadership. This one's about more about true belonging and courage. It was written in 2019, first published in 2019, so it's relatively, oh, maybe 2017, I'm sorry. I said 2019 in my other podcast, so it's actually 2017. The 2019 Random House Trade Paperback Edition. Okay, so 2017, sorry about it. Uh, Brene Brown, here you go, here she is, she's a doll. Brene Brown, PhD, MSW, I don't know what MSW is is a research professor at the University of Houston, where she holds the Huffington Foundation Brene Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. She has spent the past two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy, and is the number one is the author of five number one New York Times bestsellers, Dare to Lead, Braving the Wilderness, Rising Strong, Daring Greatly, and The Gifts of Imperfection. Her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks in the world with more than 35 million views. And that was 2017, so it's got to have more now, huh? Brown lives in Houston, Texas with her husband, Steve, and their children, Ellen and Charlie. So, uh, yeah, I actually, that's how I learned about Brene Brown was through her TED Talk. And that's how I found her first book. My mom knew her already, and she recommended Dare to Lead. So... This is uh, one of a few books that we're going to do from her. And uh, so in 15 minutes or less, we're going to talk about the quest for true belonging and the courage to stand alone. And I take notes as I listen to the audiobook or read the book and uh, write them on my phone so I could talk about them briefly here. Uh, the book is broken down into seven chapters, no parts. All It's really short, actually. It was... I did mostly audiobook, and it was a four-and-a-half-hour audiobook, easy listening, very insightful. So we'll get to the point. Uh, the, her, her quest for true belonging started from a quote. Oh, I deleted the quote. Let me see if I, I can find it really fast. Yep, right here. Um, it started from an epiphany she had from a quote she read by Maya Angelou. She said, you are only free when you realize you belong no place. 
You belong every place. No place at all. The price is high. The reward is great. Here, I'm going to... Oh, I can't bring it on the screen. Whoops. So, uh, she realized, yes, the quest for true belonging stems from being who you are, being your authentic self, being uh, whether that's in no place or in every place. The price is high and the reward is great. So, um, that's what she dedicated a few years of her life to this research and then wrote this book. I'm cherry picking the data and the conclusions. You know, I'm doing it 15 minutes when it took her four or five years to research and write this book really conclusively and concisely. She does. She's great. So, um, yeah, that's a uh, part of chapter one, everywhere and nowhere. Chapter two is the quest for true belonging uh, she talks about, she gives her own definition for spirituality, which I really like. She says, um, I said, she defines spirituality as the belief that we are inextricably connected to each other through some higher power. And I spent some time talking about this in the other pod. Whatever your uh, core beliefs are, whether you believe in a God or a higher power or you believe in, you know, Buddha and Hinduism or whether you're atheist there is a there is a shared sense of unity so you maybe you believe in god and we are we are his children or you believe in uh hinduism where we are all one in spirit trying to reach nirvana or actually is that hinduism uh, i hope i didn't i hope i am accurate there or there's a, the atheist perspective where we are all creatures of the earth from Mother Nature, we all come from the same soil, right? Uh, whatever you, wherever your beliefs stem from, spirituality is the belief. The core of spirituality is that we are all connected somehow. And I was a religious person once, and now I'm not religious, but I do believe, uh, you know, at the very core, at the very, you know, the the at the very least, we are connected. Uh, I st I still struggle with the with the Buddhist nirvanas concept that we are all one spiritually i still struggle with that i don't know how i resonate with that but i really resonate with our bodies all come from the earth our bodies are all connected from the same soil so at the very least we're all we're all life trying to survive with each other so that's spirituality um there was a quote towards the end of chapter two that i want to read chapter two yep so and this is how she defines true belonging she says, true belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. True belonging doesn't require you to change who you are. It requires you to be who you are. So the whole concept stems from this, really. Your authentic self starts with being who you are. Well, first it starts with uh, trying to discover who you are and what you what you believe and who what you want out of life, and that takes time and experimenting and practice, which we talk about later in the book. And then once you get a sense of what you what your you know your life purpose is, quote unquote, you could start making decisions uh, that will isolate you from people, you know that or that'll that will uh, make you stand out or that will connect you with a group of people but in any case belonging isn't and she says uh in chapter two 
Belonging isn't something we achieve. It's something we carry within us. Uh, it starts with belonging to ourselves, standing out on our own with our beliefs. All right. Uh, sh- chapter three, she talks about lon- loneliness. It's called High Lonesome. I spend a ton of time talking about loneliness. So to be really brief here, there's a difference between loneliness and being alone, standing alone, being you know in the wilderness. Uh, being loneliness, lonesome, being having lonesomeness is lack of genuine connection with other people. It's lack of interaction and connection. But being alone is like a self-reflective uh, envi- uh, feeling. It's being you're choosing to be alone to ex- to explore something or or to explore yourself. Um, being alone is sometimes required to be your authentic self and it'll help will help can help you eventually find community find who you are but being uh or feeling lonely is the lack of connection it's the lack of interacting with people and she says that the antidote to loneliness isn't quality of relationship but quality and depth at the heart of loneliness is the lack of meaningful social interaction we are social creatures. Our species evolved to communicate and work together. Denying our loneliness is similar to denying hunger or physical injury. It's not good for us. So I talk a ton about you know so what social media does to ourselves, how it limits our interactions with people in the world, uh, how that makes us feel lonely. And I don't have time to talk about it here, but that's you know we have all of these tools and technology to help us connect with other people, but at the heart. We are biological creatures who have evolved to communicate face-to-face, to view each other's eyes and body language and facial expressions, and it all plays a part in our connection. And the more in-person connection we have with someone, the deeper the connection becomes, the higher quality it becomes, especially with people that where you resonate with you know, on similar beliefs or hobbies or attractions or whatever. Uh, chapter four is... People are hard to hate close up. Uh, this is, you know, this is the only note I took here says pain is the catalyst to healing, but is a dreadful companion. Chapter five is speak truth to bullshit. Uh, speaking truth to bullshit starts with knowing ourselves. So we have to know who, uh, what we believe or what's true and then standing up for it. And to, you know, to echo on uh, people are hard to hate close up. <coughs> The internet, people fighting on Twitter and the internet is easier to do than fighting with someone face to face because you can't, they're harder, you know, it's the lack of, the lack of connection that you, that you experience over the internet allows for people to be rude without the, you can, you can say, type something really rude to somebody and then just put it away and you don't get to see reaction. But when you say something rude to someone in, to their face and you see how they react, it makes you feel bad. And we don't want to feel bad. It's a biological mechanism to help us feel included with each other, but also def- to defend ourselves f- against opposing tribes. Uh, we want to. We don't like to feel lonely or excluded. But social media and the internet, we don't experience those things. We don't experience the sadness or the sorrow that we cause when we're rude. So that's just to put it brief. To put it briefly, chapter six is. Hold hands with strangers. Um, this is this is about 
connecting beyond connecting with people beyond um our immediate likes and dislikes or our immediate comforts and discomforts and to experience something greater than ourselves experience something greater than um our goals it's to connect with a group of people and to and uh there's a she references it's called collective effervescence and i forget who theorized it it's by emil durkheim uh sociological concept coined by emil durkheim uh, as described from wikipedia collective effervescence is a sociological concept coined by emil durkheim According to Durkheim, a community or a society may at times come together and simultaneously communicate the same thought and participate in the same action, such as such an event then causes collective effervescence, which excites the individuals and serves to unify the group. Uh, Jonathan Haidt references this in his book, Righteous Minds, and the examples he gives are like doing hallucinogens with a group of people or going to uh, attending raves or or being in the uh, experiencing the awe of nature being a part of something greater than you you as an individual this is collective effervescence and this is this is required to uh, first starts stems from the you know the the spiritual belief that we are connected one way or another whether it's through a god or whether it's through mother nature and the dirt right but it starts with some kind of connection and then and then experiencing really good things with people that we care about and then going through the hardships with people like funerals or job losses or heartbreak but going through the good and the bad this is collective effervescence and allows for deeper connections to grow and to uh, 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 to be connected to a greater the greater parts of life uh that's chapter six and then chapter seven is strong back soft front and wild heart and the gist of this is about vulnerability if we want to grow, if we want to achieve something new or great, or we want to learn something new, we have to put ourselves in uncomfortable positions. We have, if you want to learn, you have to go to school and be a student. If you want to learn a skill, you have to show up to, to the practice and try it and learn and fail and feel like a dummy. Um, the feelings of vulnerability suck. They're naturally uncomfortable, but they're required to grow. And I paraphrase from here, I say vulnerability is the birthplace for all things valuable in our life. So to find true belonging, to experience true belonging, you have to search for who you are and then you have to stand alone and, and you know, do it. You have to be vulnerable and do what it is that you feel uh, that, that calls to you in your life, your quote unquote life purpose. So this is, that's it. That's Brene Brown's Braving the Wilderness, the quest for true belonging and the courage to stand alone. Go listen to the longer podcast if you like this. Uh, it's called Book Club with Caden Kelly. It's available on my blog, kadenkellysblog.wordpress.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening, and uh, go do something this week that, uh, that will challenge your identity, but also gives you the opportunity to stand alone and to feel true belonging. We'll see you next time.